starting at verse 9. Matthew 6, starting at verse 9. Wednesday is the time that we focus on prayer. Jesus teaches us how to pray. And then at the end of this chapter, we see why we need to pray. How do we pray? Verse 9, he says this, Pray then like this, Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For if you forgive others their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive you. This message he gives, and you'll notice in this chapter he talks about how true followers of Christ ought not to behave like others who don't know Christ. And he gives a contrast. He said, they do things to get attention. You do things to glorify your Father. And he goes over several things, and one of them is praying. And he says, don't pray in a way that brings attention to you. But he says, instead, pray this way. And, and we can go through, we've gone through this prayer before, but just briefly, recognizing your Father in heaven, that's who we talk to. That's why prayer is an act of faith, because God isn't visible in the room that we're in. But we pray by faith, knowing that he hears our prayers. We trust him, we acknowledge him, and we know that we need him. And that's what prayer is doing. And he says... We pray recognizing who he is, hallowed or blessed or holy be your name. And then we pray for his will and his purpose. Your kingdom come, your will be done. And the reason why we pray is because we're not in heaven yet. <laughs> we pray that his will be done on earth just like it's being done in heaven. We know that God is ruler over heaven and earth. And uh, earth, he's working out his plan and his purpose and his timing. We're just praying that his will be done. Let's skip down to the end of the chapter now and see why we need to pray. Verse 25. Therefore, I tell you, do not be anxious about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, nor about your body, what you will put on. Is not your life more than food and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air. They neither sow nor reap nor gather in the barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they? Let's pause there. The reason why we pray is because two things. We need God and we trust God. Okay? Everybody doesn't pray. Everybody needs God, but they don't trust God. And they don't rely on God for their needs. So God wants us to recognize that we need him and then rely on him. And in relying on him, it frees us from anxiety and worry. When we rely on God, we cannot rely on Him and be anxious at the same time or have anxiety and worry at the same time. And so He says, This is why we pray, so that we don't live an anxious and a worry life, but we live a trusting and relying life. So we come tonight with many things on our hearts, on our minds, a lot of things is going on. In, in our society, in our world. 
And they should cause us to pray, but not in despair, but pray in trusting in God. We're reminded of his tender care for us. He says, look at the birds in the air. He basically says this, they're insignificant. They, they don't mean a whole lot. It's like God just added them for decoration, okay? But he feeds them. Every day he supplies for them. He says they don't plan and, 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 and store up food uh, for a long time. But every day they go out and he feeds them. Last week we were on vacation. On the way to vacation, we decided to take the train. We took the train into Chicago. Now, this sounds weird, but in the Chicago train station, there we were eating lunch inside, indoors, and pigeons were in there picking up the, the scraps from the tables. And they had gotten used to people, so they would come. One came as close, I mean, three feet away from me, and, and he's just looking for the crumbs and pecking at everything. And, and, and so there they are. And this reminds me of God feeds them. There's enough stuff there for them. God makes sure that they have enough. In his creation, he's provided for all, even the most insignificant creatures to, to, to have a life and to be, to be uh, fed. And he says, he says this, are you not of more value than they? And then he says in verse 28, and why are you anxious about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. <clears throat> they neither toil nor spin. I tell you, even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. But if God so clothes the, clothes the grass of the field, which today is alive and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? The point there is grass, the Bible gives a lot of analogies to grass, and it says grass just doesn't last long. It has a short life. It's here today and gone tomorrow. If God takes care of the things that are short-lived, will he not take care of you who he has committed to for eternity? Can you not trust him tomorrow if you can trust him for all of eternity? He's already committed eternity to you and said, the reason why I called you to myself is that you might live with me for eternity. And we go, oh God, but I might not make it till tomorrow. Are you trusting in me? I've got that covered. I want you to trust in me. One of the problems with our prayer is that we want to live without any, um, how do I say it? I'll say it, and, 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 and it seems to violate this chapter. We want to live stress-free and anxiety-free. And that's just not going to happen. Stress is a part of life. But in our stress... In our anxiety, he wants us to rely on him. Now, another part in this chapter I just want to touch on just a bit. Verse 19. <clears throat> Do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal, but lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven. Now, let me just pause there. He's given us a pattern for living here. He's saying, yes. I want you to pray in a certain way, not like those who, who look to get um, attention for themselves and glory for themselves. And this is how I want you to pray. I want you in your anxieties to pray and trust and rely on God. And then he says this, don't lay up treasure for you. So he said, look, don't try to take care of all your needs yourself thinking that you are your own God. 
I, I mean, I understand we go to work and, and we, we get money and we need money to live and, and that's what God intends for us to do. But what he's saying is, don't think that you are the sole provider for yourself and so you have to go and make it happen. God allows you to make it happen. God allows you to do what it is you need to do. Trust him. So he says, don't go overboard by thinking, well, you know, man, I better, I got to provide for the next 10 years and I got to do this and I got to do that. He's saying, yeah, you're going to do what's wise, but what he's saying, laying up treasure for yourself, lay it up, put your resources. At the end of this chapter, he says, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. All these things will be added to you. Put your resources in following God, in loving God, in trusting God, in knowing God, in being related rightly to God. Put your heart, your soul, your, your, your money, <laughs> your, your time. Invest yourself in your relationship with God. That is what trusting him means. You know, if somebody's been spurned in their love life, it's hard for them to trust somebody again. It's hard for them to have relationship again. God is saying, I want you to put all your eggs in my basket because I will never burn you. Trust me for everything. We sang a song today, you are my all in all. Not 50-50, I'm going to put a little bit invested in you. No, all in all. And that's what trust in God really means. Meditation time. Yeah, that clock is a setup right there. Let me tell you, it will set you up for failure. It almost happened to me on Sunday. I was looking like, oh no, it's time to end. Yeah, praise God. Well, praise God, y'all felt like that. That ain't nothing but the blessing of the Lord. All right, so let's get into John eight. Now in our meditation. You know, I often think about this, and we don't do it enough, so let me just do it real quick. When we talk about meditation in the Word, what does it mean to meditate in the Word? What is the difference between meditating and studying and teaching and all that stuff? Well, the difference is, is that when we meditate, our heart is silent, right? And we're hearing from God. Think of it this way. When I study the Word, I got tons of questions. I'm doing a lot of mental talking, right? I study the book, I study, I study. I say, Jesus, what does this mean? Holy Spirit, guide me. Holy Spirit, what does this mean? When does this section end? Et cetera, et cetera, right? And so if you take it as a conversation between me and Jesus, when I'm studying, I'm doing a lot of questions and asking, and sometimes he just barely get to say yes before I move on to the next question, right? But when I meditate, I read the word and I receive it as if he will speak to me without me saying anything. And when I meditate, what I like to do, and this doesn't work for everybody else, but this is the thing. When you meditate, you want to be in the Holy Spirit. And what does it mean to be in the Holy Spirit? Does that mean I get wilding and start dancing and stuff? Well, not usually. 
But what I have found is the key to getting into being filled with the Holy Spirit, that's what the scripture says, being filled with the Holy Spirit is to recite all the things I'm thankful for. Thankfulness is the key to being filled with the Holy Spirit. Or, to put it another way, complaining saps the power of the Holy Spirit. So when I'm sitting there, I'm thankful. And maybe you can be like this. I'm saying, man, Lord, why'd you save me? You didn't have to save me. Look at the church that I'm in. I got good people. Look at the gifts that you've given me. Look at the family that I have. Look at all the good things that I have. Look at the things that I've lost, but I'm thankful for the things that you've given me. I'm so thankful. And if you get thankful enough, you'll feel the Holy Spirit nodding right along with you. You'll be like, yes, I did that. And so I encourage us real quick before we get into the meditation time. Let's just think, and don't have to be, a, don't say it, just think to yourself. Let's just list to ourselves five things that we're thankful for. Just say it to yourself, and it's silent, right? Part of the key of meditation is to keep the silence, right? Let's keep that silence. Five things that you're thankful for. If you've got to close your eyes to think about it, maybe I'm too distracting, that's fine. Five things that you're thankful for. Now, if you're like me, you're starting to feel that the Holy Spirit is really with you. So now, let's get into his word. Right? That time of thankfulness, that is being filled with the Holy Spirit. And John 8, 31 is where we'll get started. But sometimes, I know some people are like, where are we? Sometimes when I start reading, because I just start reading sometimes. The reason I do that is not to be rude, but it is to emphasize that you can just hear what I'm saying in the time of meditation to make it easier for you to meditate. You don't have to turn towards it and doing all that stuff. I don't, I'm not mad if you do, but the point of the meditation is just to listen to it. Be a receiver of the word. So Jesus said to the Jews who have believed him, if you abide in my word, you are truly my disciples. And you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. They answered him, We are offspring of Abraham and have never been enslaved to anyone. How is it that you say you will become free? Jesus answered them, Truly, truly, I say to you, everyone who practices sin is a slave to sin. The slave does not remain in the house forever. The son remains forever. So if the Son sets you free, you will be free indeed. I know that you are the offspring of Abraham, yet you seek to kill me because my word finds no place in you. I speak of what I have seen from my, with my father, and you do what you have heard from your father. We'll stop there. Jesus first spoke to the Jews that believed. But who replied to him? Let's just think about that. Who replied to him? It wasn't the ones that believed. And oftentimes, that's the problem that we have in the church. That's the problem that we have when we preach, when we teach, when we talk, because there's two churches. 
there's what we call a visible church and the invisible church. The visible church is everybody who walks in this building. And we have no guarantee that they are part of the invisible church. The invisible church is everyone who believes. You can walk past somebody that is part of the church. And what do I mean by church? Everybody that's saved. From time past to time future. Everybody that will be there with us celebrating with Jesus in heaven. That's the church. But oftentimes when we speak in church, we got different people that are coming in. Some people believe. And some people don't. And when we speak to people believe to believe, sometimes it's, it could be we say to people, don't doubt your salvation. And oh, I truly mean that. Don't doubt your salvation. But I truly don't mean that for people who are not part of the invisible church. Because if you don't know the Lord, you ought to doubt. Oh, I want you to worry because I want you to meet the Lord. But Jesus said to those who believe, if you abide in my word, you are truly my disciples. What does it mean to abide in his word? Oh, don't you get the idea that he's just sitting there saying, oh, just stay in it. Soak in it like it's a bath. Abide in my word. Let that word just surround you and steam up around you. Let you take it in in every part of your body. What does it mean to abide in his word? It definitely means to obey his word, but it's more than obeying. It's a state of mind too, isn't it? Well, I got a state of mind in his word. Well, that changes the way you think. Well, I got to talk in his word. Oh, that changes the way you talk. It don't mean you put that fake holiness on. Oh, how you doing, holy brother, sister, oh, amen. No, it don't mean all that. But it means when you breathe out, you're trying to breathe out what the Holy Spirit wants you to say. It don't necessarily have to be fake or nice all the time, but it has to be what is fitting. The proverb said, a word fitly spoken it's like a setting of gold wrapped around a setting of silver. How can you, that's beautiful, right? A word fitly spoken, oh, how beautiful it is. That's what it means to abide in his word. He said, you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. This is his truth. Let me just tell you, this is the truth. Earlier, as we were doing practice, somebody looked up something in Google, and I can't tell you the truth. I, let me tell you, I thought Google was wrong. And I know that's hard for people to believe, but you know, Google is not perfect. Google is not perfect. Science is not perfect. Experts are not perfect. Oh, you could turn on the TV and they could have 8 million degrees, but they could still be wrong. Predictions are not perfect. Forecasts are not perfect. But there is one thing that is perfect. Oh, that's his word. That is the primary source of truth. When you find it in this word, don't argue with it. Oh, you may not like it. I don't like it all the time because it says bad things about me. And sometimes it'll say bad things about you. That's okay. Sometimes you fight it, resist it, but receive it. 
Sometimes I read the book of Proverbs and you the fool. Sometimes I read the book of Proverbs and I'm the fool. And that's okay. Take that word and receive it. Abide in that word. It don't necessarily mean you're going to always be happy in that word. You're going to be like, ooh, Lord, please be gentle. Because the truth of the matter is, the world is deceived because they don't abide in his word. Right? Think of the conversation that Jesus just had. They think they're free. And they're slaves. The slavery of sin is way worse than the slavery that the civil rights movement tried to remove. Because the slavery of sin makes it so people don't even know they're slaves. Born a slave, die a slave, and think that they're making money. Just handing it over to the slave master so he could whip you harder again. Slavery of sin, oh man. And if we're not careful as believers, we can become partially enslaved. Right? How I know we can become partially enslaved? Well, drink caffeine every morning, then try to stop. You could be a believer and still be partially addicted. Smoke a cigarette every day, then try to stop. What's going to happen to you? Now, Jesus has given us the ability to be free. But that does not mean that we cannot yield ourselves to bondage again. That's what Paul said. Don't yield yourself to be slaves again. But if we abide in his word, we have the ability to be liberated. If we don't abide in his word, we don't even know that we're slaves. Good evening, everybody. So like I do every year in October, I'm going to have our focus be on Pastor Appreciation Month. Um, so what I'm going to have um, two people who have the mics pray. Heidi, easy one today, the gimme. I want you to pray for Brian um, <laughs> and um, just his pursuit of the ministry. Um, and then, Cal, can you pray for Pastor? Um, and just however you guys feel led to pray, um, whatever you want to pray about, whatever you want the focus to be on, um, just let your heart speak, and then I'll close this up. Heavenly Father, I come to you with thankfulness, Lord, and um, we, as we heard tonight, a thankful heart, Lord, helps to push away sin, helps the Holy Spirit to be inside, and we are very thankful as a church for when Pastor was gone that we had a trustworthy man of God to give the word. And we um, were very thankful when Pastor came back, too, that he still was um, faithful to give the word so Pastor could sit and enjoy and be with us, but enjoy that time to listen. And we just thank you so much for my husband, Brian, and for the gift that you've given him, Lord, and on display on Sunday, the many things that he's willing to do and serve and then to bring the word that way, Lord was so encouraging and we see your gift upon him lord and we say thank you and we say um as a church that we pray that you would um, give us wisdom lord as we see his gifts and as what you would call us to do as a church to be able to encourage him and to um see what your will is for his life and for this church we thank you for keeping him 
and myself here, Lord, because we had thought of going away to study, and you have kept um, our family here for a reason and a purpose to serve at Sweet Communion, and we are very thankful for that, and we're very thankful for, um, for the gift of your spirit, Lord, in him. We pray for him as he studies, and as he said tonight, there's areas in the word of God that are so encouraging, and you feel on top of the world, and then there's areas that prick us, and uh, mold us. And so we pray for him as he continues to grow as a leader and as a, a man of God that you would continue to mold him into the man you want him to be, Lord, the leader that you want him to be, um, that you would help him to grow this church, Lord, alongside with Pastor Brian, that you would help him to have the vision and the zeal, Lord, to help us and help the other men in this church and women to serve you faithfully, Lord. Um, help them to have eyes, Lord, for the goal that you have for our church. Help them to have eyes that see the spiritual things that we need to do. Um, help them to have eyes to see the needs, Lord, that many of us cannot see, the things that need to be said that some of us don't even know, and the ability to speak into individuals' hearts, Lord, that um, many of us don't even understand that gift. But I pray that you would continue to work that way, Lord, so that we can benefit from it and that more people will be saved in our community. I think of the times that we're in, and there's a reason that you have kept these men strong, that you've kept my husband and Pastor Brian so strong, Lord, staying open, staying firm, um, not afraid to be sick, not afraid to have someone pounding on the doors, that they said they want to be open. So I pray you would strengthen them in that as things might come harder and harder in the next years, Lord, that they would stand strong and resolve to be these leaders in the time um, that could become very dark for Christians. We pray that we would not waver, that we could look at them as examples, and that we would be behind them, that they could feel the strength of the saints, praying for them and supporting them. We pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Lord, we just come to you tonight, Lord God, just to uh, give you honor and praise, first and foremost, Father, and uh, just how you've blessed us, Lord, so tremendously here at this church. And Father, right now, I just want to lift up our pastor, Lord God. Uh, I just know, Lord God, when it comes to uh, someone who brings you the word unadulterated, uncut, and the way it is and where it should be, I can say pastor always been that way. He's always been, Lord God, I know as to me, Lord, that prime example of just uh, of what, how a, a, a Christian man should be. Uh, his character, Lord God, is uh, his, just his approach and his love for the people. I thank you for him, Lord. I thank you most importantly, Lord, just how consistent he's been over these, I believe, 26 years, Lord, in leading your church. I thank you for him, uh, Lord God, that you may continue to give him the, the strength and the wisdom to, keep, uh, to carry on, Lord, uh, sharing your gospel, being, uh, being faithful, Lord, as he is, Lord. As I said, Lord, you know, I, I, I think about, Lord, if, I, if you would just open the book, uh, and see where as a faithful pastor he would definitely be there Lord his picture would be there and uh, it's just uh, amazing how him and his wife continues to lead Lord the church Lord in a loving way and Lord God that uh, there's no compromise Lord in what, uh, and when it comes to the word when he share the word and, pre and present the word and again Lord help us to be uh, uh, supportive of him Lord to continue to support him Lord because uh, uh, we need to be there for one another Thank you, Lord, again, just for how the church, Lord, has grown, how we've been through so many things. Lord, I know just in the years I've been here, but I've always seen one thing that was always a constant beside your word, Lord God, and that was uh, Pastor Brian sharing your gospel. And I'm just so thankful for that, Lord, and I feel that uh, my wife and my family, Lord, we're blessed to be here, and it's an honor. And I thank you for his son, 
Brian as well, Lord, as he continues in this set, uh, being faithful in your word and sharing your word to people, Lord God, and being faithful. So, Lord, we just lift him up today, Lord, and may you continue to strengthen him as he leads uh, your church, your Lord, on this corner. And we just pray this now in your son, Jesus' name. Amen. Lord, we continue in prayer. We just lift up um, Pastor Brian and Brian. Lord, we just thank you so much for giving us two godly men that continue to teach us and point us to a relationship with you, Lord. We just praise you that both these men have exhibited a, um, a life and a testimony that points to you, and um, they continue to live that and practice that throughout their daily lives. We thank you for Brian, Lord, and his, his um, pursuit of his calling to be a pastor, Lord. We just um, thank you for growing him. We ask that you continue to grow him and strengthen him in your word. Um, we ask that you continue to grow and strengthen pastor, and we just thank you for the many years um, he has served as um, your pastor, Lord. And um, we just ask that you be with both of them as uh, they continue to be a pastor, how, how sometimes it is a stressful job, and it um, weighs upon you to have the responsibility of a flock to constantly wonder um, what direction you are leading us in and what you're doing with the church, Lord, and um, sometimes um, how they have to struggle and battle through um, things that may happen in the church, Lord, is we've been through some struggles in the past, Lord, and we just praise you for bringing us through that. And we just thank you for giving them the resolve and that they continue to show that love um, of being a pastor for your people. We just praise you and thank you so much for allowing us to be with them, Lord, and be a part of this congregation. And we ask that you just continue to just give us uh, more time and continue to just give them more wisdom and knowledge in your word. In your name we pray.